Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. What's up, Jennifer Mertland? You know. What? What's the best thing that's happened to you in the last week? Oh my God. I have a lot. I used, let me. (laughs) (laughs) Did I throw you off with that question? No, but like, I didn't want to be like irritating. So when I was little, like I'm pretty short and Mm -hmm. I was pretty short when I was little. I'm also Irish. And I would win no shit, like every contest at my school. Like I got a limo ride one time. I won money, like all this stuff. It does not surprise me. Seriously asked my mom. I was like, am I a leprechaun? (laughs) 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 So like it has carried into my adult. I'm still short. I like win stuff. I'm not the lottery. I don't play the lottery, but I still like- no, I think that's different. Okay. Like I have a lot of like really lucky things happen to me. And I really honestly almost still think I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> I think you're a leprechaun too. But listen, I don't want to take anything away from your fantasy of a leprechaun, but I want to say this. The reason you're lucky is because you freaking show up in every way. Like you work your way to luck. I don't think you should think that's some like Irish fairy tale land coming to help you. I just like having it both, you know. But like, yeah, what is that definition of luck? Opportunity, where hard work meets opportunity, or something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. hustle, man. Hustle. Yeah, that's right. That's why you're lucky. Although I did have a boss. I was a tennis instructor at a country club all through college, like in the summers. That was my job. And I had this crazy guy who was my boss. Country club gal. That's so funny. I worked there. I wasn't a country club gal. I was an employee. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) So this guy, he was one of these crazy old, like eccentric kind of, you know, tennis pros. And he always used to say, I'd rather be lucky than good any day of the week. Yeah, man. Yeah, (laughs) right. Me too. I like it. All right, let's get down to business here at Real Estate Fight Club. We got something to fight about here today. And uh, today that is this. What are the top negotiating strategies to win a deal? What do you think? We're going to fight about this, but I'm definitely going to be hostile in whatever I say. Like I feel (laughs) hostile. (laughs) We would expect nothing less. (laughs) But I feel like. We're, okay, you go first. I think what's going to happen, here's what's going to happen. Your hostility is come going to come out with what you shouldn't do if you're trying to negotiate oh a freaking good deal. Did you already read my notes? <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I know you so well. This is going to flip on its head to be how you can ensure that your clients do not get the deal. <laughs> right. Exactly. My, can I, that's really funny. Go, go first. My first tip is don't be annoying. Yes. <laughs> Wait, don't be annoying. Define annoying. God, just don't be annoying. What is it? (laughs) If you don't, if you have a group of friends and there's nobody that's annoying, it is you. Okay. So (laughs) you, not you, you're great. (laughs) Not you specifically. I'm just saying general. Yeah. Okay. 
But like, I think also the second tip is you do have to call that listing agent and you want to ask questions. You want to find out as much information as you can about the seller, about what they want, about what they're looking for in an offer, about their timing. Do they, what are they looking for? But don't be annoying about it. Just be normal. Just be right. Normal. Right. You know, it's funny that you say that um, recently. I had a listing and we were going to be in multiples. It was one of those listings and a gal called and she asked like great questions and shared just a little enough about the buyer where I was like, cool. Too much. No, not too much. And I thought, awesome. Really liked her. 10 minutes later, phone rings. No. Her again. Stop. One of the blah, 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 blah. Great. Answered the question. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. 20 minutes later, phone rings. Why? Her again. So I crossed over the like helpful to, okay, well, because she had another thought and another question and not like she didn't gather her thoughts concisely for the call and it was just too much. And I was That's like, annoying. oh, this is not going to be fun. Of course. I mean, if she brought the best offer or whatever, I would have dealt with it, but I was thinking the whole time, like, God, I hope this is not the best offer. I know. Well, right. So there is like this line, right. Of like, yeah. well, the seller gets to decide about the offer, but, but we are also people, right. And even if we try it, well, especially me and you, and I feel like most of our listeners are like this, we do not hide our feelings very well. So like, even if our mouths are like, we need to take the best offer, our eyes are rolling. Like this agent is a lunatic. Yeah. And you would think that like, if that agent's a lunatic, also their clients are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you're wondering like, can I trust her now? Does she have her shit together? Like right. what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. It's so true. What happened? Dot, I think dot, that dot. relationship, what? Oh, what happened? Not her. It wasn't her. Uh, it wasn't the best offer. Too so sad. <laughs> <laughs> this goes into like what my first answer was going to be, which is um, relationship with the agent and positioning of yeah. the offer, like two kind of broad categories. But I remember Sharon saying when she first, this is my wife and business partner. Hey, she, when she, she first got licensed. Hey, she, she, I remember her saying, something to the effect of our, our discussion was around your relationships in this market help you win deals because we Absolutely. were winning by our deals. So it, it, and it's so true, but that doesn't mean if you don't have relationships that you're not ever going to win a deal. It's just a really important thing to keep in mind as you grow your business, that that will well, end up a lot being of people. A we get a lot of questions like, and we did a podcast on this, like, should you friend other realtors? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because relationship-based business. Yeah. And don't be a douche, man. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. don't be annoying. Don't be a douche. Answer your phone and be nice. That's it. Yeah. Honor your word. That's if you That's do those things, you're good to go. But like, yeah, if, if there's competing offers, they're exact. Like how many times do we get exactly the same offer? Like literally a lot, a lot. Lately, now, anyway. Let's say the lenders are similar, right? Because that's the first thing we go to. Like, yep. is this regional lender versus oh, big no. box? No, they go unnamed. Yes. Yeah. Like which lender is this? Okay. Let's say the lenders are the same. Then it's like, we'll have the clients. They ask, have you worked with these agents before? They will ask that. And if you are an agent that they have worked with before, or you're not a douche, you honor your word and you're not annoying, mm -hmm. they're going to pick your client. Mm -hmm. Here's how that conversation goes. And if you can imagine this conversation, you can decide what position, what helps you. And we got to talk, I guess, about negotiation strategies, because that was the question, but this is 
the start of all of this. This is how you start negotiating. It's the first call. That's right. You got to get in the door in that way. But the, the, uh, the conversation goes with me and my seller. Hey, here's offer A, here's offer B, here are the major differences. Basically, they're the same. Mm-hmm. It looks exactly the same. You get to choose. I will tell you this. I've worked with this agent. She's amazing, mm-hmm. completely on top of it. Right. Also, she shared with me that the, her buyer's best friends live in the neighborhood. Yes. Like, like that, that's the conversation that's going on with the sellers. And they're like, oh, that's oh. good. So, you know, I will say both of these, no way to predict, no right. way to predict. But if you're looking to hedge your bet, here's where I'd go. But that's why the first point of negotiation is that initial contact with the agent, because right. you are not, you're finding out about the seller. You're giving them what they want. If they want occupancy after closing, if they like whatever that quick close, like whatever it is that they want, you know that now before you write the offer and that's what your offer can be better than everybody else's from the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about, okay, so you submitted the offer, you've had the conversation, you've done the best you can positioning it there. What do you think about saying to the seller, seller's agent, hey, if there's anything that your sellers need that you think we could adjust and get this done, let us know. In other words, opening that door for like a comeback from them. What do you think about that? I think that's okay. But I think part of that, that's part of the beginning. Right. And so from like a listing standpoint for negotiation, this conversation with the buyer's agent is also super critical because it, from the listing agent standpoint, it will, you will now know if those buyers are open Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they'll tell you things like their best friends live in the neighborhood. You know what I heard? We can get more money. <laughs> right. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like it's down the street yeah. from their mom. They grew up in this, like yeah. whatever. This is their fantasy house. They must. Yeah. Like yeah. they lost four contracts already. Well, you don't yeah. want to lose another one. Do you No. no. But along those lines, please don't say if you're the buyer's agent, don't say, oh yeah, we were just under contract and we walked away from, you know, it fell through or something like, don't tell me that. I mean, you can tell me, you can tell me. Yeah, actually, I would like to know, but don't, don't say that. that 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 was actually my third point too, is prepping the buyers. So that's why a buyer consultation is so important because it is part of the negotiation also. And the Mm -hmm. prepping of them about the market and what to expect in this market is part of the negotiations. Mm -hmm. So if you've had your buyer consult, you've signed your buyer agreement, this is like, let's say this is your first time going to look at houses, they should already know what to expect. And if you're in a market like most of us, where we're going to be in the house with a bunch of other people, they're going to likely get competing offers. You're, you know, the average in this area goes X percent above the list. They should know that shit before you get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, so it's a lot of prep work, but it's like anything. If you think about like anything in your life, the, the winning the deal is the result of the prep work. The prep right. work is the negotiation. The win is a result of the work you've done to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that in this is, is expectations. You're right. Mm -hmm. I think we did. And is this in the vault somewhere? The, the Jennifer Mertland vault in that conversation with your buyers, helping them understand how a seller is going to rank certain contingencies. So for instance, cash is king offer, you know, cash with no inspection is top of the heat. I don't think we have that. Let's put it in there. 
Okay. I'll try to recreate it. So I do this drawing with my buyers and I say, can't, uh, you know, cash. Yeah. No contingencies. Right. Very hard to beat that. Can you do it? Do, can you be a cash with no cash depending they'll have to come up potentially. So it's like, what does the cash have to be? Because a lot of people like in during hot markets, they'll call and say like, Hey, I have cash. (laughs) And first of all, if you talk to your financial advisor, the interest rate at that time, when you're calling could be so low that paying cash is dumb, right? (laughs) You're better off getting fully underwritten and you can close in the same time frame. Yes. However, I, you know, I think still king, our cash is king. I think it still speaks louder than any sort of it contingency. It depends on the neighborhood and it depends on what discount you're thinking you're getting in your head or how much above you have to go. Right. Well, then we would say top of the heap is full price cash. Or above potentially. Or above. Yeah. And I guess that's another good reason to understand what's the motivating factor for the sellers. Is it cash? Then, I mean, is it price? Then yeah. Well, also, yeah. And the motivation for the buyers. But as you're going through this conversation with this buyers that you say is so important, which it is, they've got to really understand why cash, because a lot of people don't understand that. Then you've got to say, all right, so you have a hurdle. It's called financing. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Most people do, but it's a hurdle. Right. And there's another hurdle because you're never going to buy this house without inspecting it because you're smarter than that. You know, so there's a second hurdle. Like, you know, you've got to, they've got to understand the ranks so that when we're talking about their FHA needing closing costs, need an inspection, need a house to sell, they understand why that is literally at the bottom of the pile. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think though, too. Yeah. And you we understand that. They don't. They, they don't. don't. But that's why you have to have the buyer consultation. You have to. You have to explain yeah. this to them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's a million videos and tips on like how you can write the offer, right? Like you're saying, releasing some of these inspections. Like, what are the options for us, given your situation, on if any, if releasing any of these can make sense or how we can do it can make sense? Because we've won offers before where we already, I would pre-contact the inspector and I'd be like, Hey, they're looking at offers and we should know by like four o'clock today. Can you mm-hmm. get out there at five? Mm-hmm. Can you get out there at 8am the next day? Mm-hmm. And then talking to the buyers and be like, Hey, they will probably take our offer if we agree to let them keep it active until we're through our inspections. Yeah. Because there's no Maybe, harm, no foul. Like, That's a really smart just- thing. Yeah. Like let's get it done. So like just thinking about each contingency and masterminding, like what are our options here? Because there's out of the box crap that people are doing that you haven't thought of. That's a really, really good out of the box. I hope you guys heard that. That's a real strategy right there. I love that. I, I have not actually had to do that. I've not like actually it. done that, but yeah, I like right. it. Yeah. I like it. You know, one thing I do is after I submit, after I of course call and even if I don't know that agent, create a connection with them. Then I will, after submit, I will give some space and then I will text and I will say something to the effect of if all, all things being equal and there's one thing we're behind on, but you really like the idea of this offer and my buyers and working with me, just let us have a moment to try to change that. Like, I mean, if there's one thing that way she goes to the seller and they're like, no, this one's lower. And she's like, Slower, but everything else is awesome. I know that right. agent. Let's right. See if we can get the cash out of them or whatever. Yeah. No, I think that's an awesome 
that's an awesome strategy because you're not being annoying. No, you're saying just- everything you want to say. It's a good follow up because like when you send the offer in, like I need to know that it's coming. Like that yeah. it's going to be there because if it's not, cause that happens all the time, right? Like they yeah. send the offer and it's not there and then they, whatever. Right. Yeah. If you're not making personal contact with that listing agent about this offer, it's not, not being doing done. Not doing your job. No. Yeah. Did you have another one? I thought you were on. I think positioning was what I was talking about relationship with the agent and then positioning. And that's where I was saying, we really need the buyer to understand what's real in that ranking of a seller's like brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I had like positioning too, but mine was more about like, what is the seller asking for if you're the buyer? And then mm-hmm. if you're the listing agent, I mean, yeah, strategies are also talking to the buyer's agent, mm-hmm. finding out as much as you can. So right before, right when they schedule their showing, I don't care if you have 30 showings, call the agent because that is when they will, if they pick up their phone, oh <laughs> don't get me started. <sighs> but that is when they're going to tell you everything about that buyer. So when they submit the offer, you have the leg up. Is that the right expression? Is it your leg? That's you have a leg up. You have a leg up. Why yeah. is your leg up? Like the rum guy. The <laughs> Oh yeah. The Captain. Captain Morgan. Morgan with his leg like up. That? <laughs> like the offers in your hand instead of rum and your leg is up. Awkward. You know, we're going to have to GTS that. You know what that means? <laughs> no. Go- Google that shit. <laughs> you have to G. If you need, if you don't know the answer, you GTS. <laughs> you know how much smarter we are now as human beings with GTS? Or are we dumber? I think we're smarter because we can look. Hey, who was that actor that was in that one thing? There was a time where we just, we had to live without knowing. Or we, oh. <laughs> <laughs> If you're just listening to this and you're not watching it on YouTube, you just missed. You were missing it. Gum projecting out of her. I got excited. I think that. Dang, man. Where'd it go? On the floor. At least it didn't go in my hair. What did I find? Oh my gosh. Do I have to tell you a funny story? What? Have you, we were in Colorado and I like felt something land on my head and it was not snow. And I was like, that hurt. Like what the heck? Oh. I looked up, a bird shat on my no. head. No. <laughs> but no. I was so lucky because it was like right in my park and it wasn't runny. It was like perfectly like validated <laughs> together. And it was like a dollop of shit. Yeah, but that he tried to knock me out. He did. You know what? That happened to me one time when I was working downtown. I was really young in my 20s and I was working downtown. I was walking to lunch and I was walking down an alley and I thought rain from the gutter got in my hair. (laughs) And so I took my hand and like went through my hair with my fingers because I thought it was water and it was poop. Oh, so gross. So unlike you, I spread the poop all throughout my hair. So great. I like to look at my surroundings before. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 right. But right, I feel like this episode's gone on for too long. Let's take a break, hear a word from our favorite partners. And yes. when we come back, who knows what's happened, going to happen. Are you where exactly you want to be in your business and in your life? Chances are you're probably not. So you've been thinking about coaching. You know that in order to get you where you wanna go from where you currently are, you're going to need help. You need accountability, you need clarity, you need processes, you need systems, you need people. 
that is what a coach does. And I know you've been thinking about coaching, but you're scared to take the leap. And I totally get it. So Monica and I were talking and we are going to give you a taste of coaching with my coach, Coach John Kitchens. So Monica and I are going to pay for the first 60 days with him, which your life will be completely different in the next 60 days. Go to trial.coachcode.com. There's a section for sponsor, put Fight Club in that section. Monica and I will pay for the first 60 days and all you have to do is show up. Go to trial.coachcode.com and enter Fight Club. If you're like me, then what you need right now is great leads. My number one lead source is a marketing engine called Pipeline Pro Tools. So we've hooked up with them to give you the playbook that I'm using that has generated over 12 leads in the last 90 days. So go to PipelineProTools.com slash Fight Club book a quick demo so that they can help you figure out how many leads you will need in order to get the business that you're looking for. And then they will give you the playbook that I've been using for free. Again, that's pipelineprotools.com slash fight club. Welcome back. Let's get back to the battle inside of the ring and close out with our final round. You know, Jen, I was thinking about the original question, which of course was, what are the top negotiating strategies to win the deal? And here's what's interesting. You and I, of course, went mostly into this relationship positioning and a couple tips that were really good. But what's funny is we're not doing a lot of negotiating right now. That's why the answer in the time of the market we're in hmm. isn't a lot of back and forth. I mean, no, I guess you're right. It's really not. It may be like positioning it up. It's yeah, like, right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> think about the market like four years ago. You were negotiating. You would submit an offer and there would be back and forth. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm thinking about like when we were doing short sales and trying to negotiate with the bank. Oh, and the time and the back and forth and awful. So I think that's one reason we didn't, it didn't feel like a full negotiating conversation because you have to position to win and there's not a Yeah, but I also think that sales skills is important here. And a lot of about sales skills is relational and about people and their psychology. And that's just not quantifiable necessarily. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. All right. Any parting thoughts on your end? Just win the damn deal and get it done. And if if you're submitting a few contracts, and it's not getting accepted as the buyer's agent, the buyer will stop trusting you. Bring somebody else in before you lose that client. That is my parting word. Refer them out. and Or bring somebody else in. I don't know. Something. Do something different before they fire you. And you might need to fire them if they're not playing the game right. Just wasting your time. Get them. All right. right. I think that's going to have to be the end of today's battle. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and share it with somebody that you think might like what we're throwing down. And uh, of course, always remember to go to our Facebook podcast page, which is called Real Estate Fight Club Podcast. Like it. We got Instagram going. We got YouTube going. We got all the things. All the things. We are social social. We are. (laughs) And of course, if you have a question for me and Monica, and if we can help you or you're thinking about a change, give us a call or text at 513-400-1691 and stay tuned to hear our special guest. All right. I am here with our tiebreaker, Cheryl Houck. Hello, Cheryl. 
Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you? Great. I am so happy that you're our tiebreaker for this. I want to tell people a little bit about why I was excited to have you on. So you are an EXP agent out of Tampa, Florida, which is great. I wish I was in Florida right now, but you know, here we are. Um, But you were part of the team that helped build the iBuyer program that EXP uses. And you work with a lot of investors. So you're doing a lot of like creative deal making. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. But what have been, or what have you seen as like top strategies for winning the deal? Hmm. Yeah, good question. And, and it's true. We are so fortunate to have the express offers iBuying platform because we know that in so many markets, the iBuying dynamic is prevalent and they're right. growing. So right. what's interesting is that we have the open door, the offer pad. We know what happened to Zillow oh. and we have a marketplace 80 plus investor partners that we get to access and work with. And what I love so much about working with investors is it's not emotional. It's all numbers. Right. Is the art of the deal. Right. So (laughs) when when you do multiple volume transactions with these investors, it, it's, it's more streamlined and it is, you distill it down to the negotiation piece of it. So I love that part of real estate. So you want to talk about some of the tactics, negotiation tactics that we as real estate agents use? I think so. And I also want to hear, because you have an iBuyer that you're currently working with that maybe some of the audience can help you can help you out with. So maybe after we talk about some of the top tips that maybe agents haven't thought of, you could tell us a little bit about more what they're looking for and see if we can help them do deals too. Yeah, I would love to share that because it's an irresistible offer for our sellers because they're paying retail. Right. And it's an irresistible offer for the agents because it's an opportunity for them to do volume transactions. Yes, perfect. I'd love to share share, share that for sure. All right, so what are some of the tips that you've seen work that maybe agent, like traditional agents haven't really thought about doing but could do? Yeah. Well, what's interesting, and we start when we come in the business and we do our first deal and we're coming up against another agent and somehow we see it as an adversarial. I'm going to get the best thing yes. for my buyer, right? It's, and that couldn't be further from the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Collaboratively, we work together to get it all done. Mm-hmm. And I think um, too many agents go into the deal posturing yeah. That way. So if there's one thing that we could do different, it is how we approach the deal. <laughs> Calm down is what I hear you <laughs> say. <laughs> Relax. Just Relax. drink a white call before you go into negotiation. <laughs> Sometimes we're in the fight club, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I like that. So having the mindset of we're here to, to work the deal to get the buyer and seller to agree, but we are partners and we need to help them come to it. Yeah, sure. That doesn't mean we lay down and we're a puppy dog when we work with the, uh, with a cooperating agent. Yeah. I, I think that initial approach is really important. We want to, uh, be a pleasure to work with. We want to convey that we know what we're doing and that in a multiple offer situation, you need, you need to make yourself stand out somehow, some way. So, right. I would say that would be number one, especially in this market. And, Do you have uh, like tips for how to stand out? Well, uh, especially when you're when you're 
writing up your offer to bulletproof your offer. Yes, yes, we have gotten really great at bulletproofing the offer because it, you know as well as I do, Jennifer, if you just have one you know, one little piece of that contract You're that done. is way off the bell curve, you know, if you put a 15-day inspection in there instead of five to seven, right. the, the experienced listing agent is going to say, I, I'm not sure about this agent. They should know better, right? Right. No, that makes sense. Okay, I like it. Yes. So after after developing that rapport and establishing your value in the transaction, I think it's really, really important for you to do your preparation. You just don't go into a, a negotiating call without understanding fully, first and foremost, what your client is after, what mm-hmm. what, what what is ideal for your buyer in, in, in terms, close date, uh, just to know exactly right. where they are. And then too many times, buyer's agents do not get on the phone with the listing agent to determine and do that assessment. I just want to tell everybody that if they are a regular listener of this podcast, I promise you, I did not prep Cheryl. Like these are her original thoughts. And I know that it sounds exactly like what I'm saying, but I promise you, we did not not collaborate. I talked to you for the first time about two weeks ago. I love that. I know we're exactly the same. And it sounds like too, like in order to know like what your buyers want, a buyer consultation is imperative. Like you have to have it. That's how you learn this information. And and Jennifer, it really is not rocket science. You know, we're distilling it down to the very, very basics, right? Right. Exactly. Yes. So know what they really want. Not like what they tell you they want. What do they really want? And yeah. that requires asking them questions. Yeah. And having them self-discover, right? Yes. That's the yeah. hard part. Because you're like, I know what you want. Now you have to know. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And that if there's one skill that we agents could work on, I don't care if you've been in the business for two years or 20 years, is the power of asking questions to right. A conversation. And I imagine that you use that when you, so when you're talking to the agent, you know what the buyer wants, you said, and you're using those, you're asking questions to the agent, the a listing agent, or to the other, you know, if you're depending on what side you're on, to the cooperating agent that, that can help yeah. you structure a deal, right? Yeah, you're right. And if it's a great day and you ask one question and that listing agent just, mm-hmm. Shut up. Yep, exactly. Because it's then that you can discover all kinds of information, just not just the responses to the yes. questions that you have for her. So you know, you may get lucky. What if you have you have you had that that buyer that actually has a sales contingency in this market? Don't, yeah, it's very rare. But if you have, if you learn in conversation with the listing agent that hey, their new build isn't quite done yet, and they would love four months, five months. It's only in those conversations that you can determine those things. And we've gone so far as to use uh, other cash offer funds. I'm a big proponent of cash offer consultants. There's so much cash in the marketplace right now. Mm -hmm. But relying on those funds like uh, Home Partners of America and uh, uh, NOC, those programs that will bridge in a cash transaction. So a VA buyer or FHA buyer they're not stuck in that multiple offer situation getting beat out by cash offers or. Yeah. We may have to do another video about that because I think a lot of people don't know about those. There's a handful of programs out there that really work and they're only charging maybe a point or, you know, something like that, which is not that much in order to get a house. 
Yeah, again, I'm sorry. One of my squirrels got out of my squirrel farm. Back back into the farm. Okay, so you're saying like, and you can can have this conversation, ask the question because you've already built trust by presenting a bulletproof offer and, um, right, and by having the rapport with with the cooperating agent. Jennifer, I love that you said that because I think the number one thing is trust. Yes. I, I, I have to believe that there's no coincidence that experienced seasoned agents, 85 to 90% of their business comes from their sphere of influence, from mm-hmm. people that know them, love them, and trust them. Right. It, to me, it's a harder gig to work with those Zillow leads or those cold leads. And for new agents that are coming into my group, I all day long, you know, pour into those, put them on campaigns, systematically touch those that love yeah. you and trust you already because you don't have to overcome that learning curve. And you're right, Cheryl, but this is where we part ways. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> we you're right. Over, right? And Jennifer, it's only been two weeks. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But you're right. Do you have a final tip for us on how to win the deal? I would just say after assessing the situation and learning exactly what your clients want or need, and then assessing the situation on the, the seller side of what they want and need, it's just a matter of marrying the two. Yeah. But it's also a matter of, of, because most agents will do less than 10 transactions, right? And some even less than five. So if you're an agent that's doing less than 10 transactions and this single deal represents, you know, 10% of your annual income, you have to get to a place where you can pull yourself and your wants and your needs out of that transaction. And it has to be focused on getting it together and helping your client. Mic drop. And that is a huge tip. If you have, if you're coming from a place of commission breath, that oh, this is more, if this so is more annoying. about you as the agent, then I think that we need to reassess why we're doing what we're doing. Right. Well, and the easiest way to get out of that is to do more deals. Yeah. Because and if that- a deal represents, if you're doing, you know, say 30 deals and a deal represents it's not that much of your annual income. It's very easy to get out of the way and see it from the, your client's perspective and help them better get more what they want. And if you're only doing three, five, 10 deals a year, how do you get skilled at any one thing? Because mastery is through repetition, right? Only writing, you know, 10 contracts, if you only negotiating 10 deals, yeah, that brings me to the, the, I'm so passionate about how I built my business and how I was able to, as a single mother, really flourish my career. And that was through volume acquisitions for some of our larger investors. Yeah. Tell us about that and how our listeners can help and earn more money and do more deals and all that with you. Yeah, Jennifer. And it's not for every agent. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Um, I can tell you that my biggest month working for some of these larger uh, iBuyers I had 36 transactions with an admin. I mean, nice. it's a very profitable, lucrative business. In a I, month. That's great. In a month. In a yes. month. Yeah. That's yeah. good. You beat me. My largest month was 25 and it was also with an iBuyer. Are you a little competitive, Jennifer? I, oh I mean, man, I'm so competitive, but that's good. I like 32 better. I, I, I want to do that, 32. 
that we need to talk because uh, our, our investors are, are working in multiple markets. So when they approached me last year and asked me, knowing that I worked for Express Offers, our marketplace of iBuyers with EXP, um, they approached me asking if I could help them get 800 to 1,000 properties a month in 24 different markets. Nice. Given our national network, because we're the only, we're the largest independent real estate company that's licensed in all 50 states. So that right. gives us a unique network to do things that other brokerages can't do. So, But can they be, because a lot of our listeners, they may not be at EXP. So can it be agents outside of EXP as well that can help? Yes, for this particular investor, they could. For express offers, obviously, that's reserved for 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 our EXP mm-hmm. agents. And there's a certification program, so we can train these agents up on how to effectively work with them. Right. So I'm building out a national network, a national team right now, and we're opening some other markets. So oh, cool. yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, for a referral fee, I would I'm happy to collaborate and. Uh, I've got a passion for this because I think that we are in a right now with all the cash in, in, that's flowing. You, know, you can do a, a study of your farm and you're going to be blown away at how many yeah. cash transactions are going down. But it's I, so many cash transactions. And I agree with you. I mean, I think if a lot of people maybe have a bad taste about working with investors, but working with an like an eye buyer investor is a lot different than like. Billy Bob, who invests in five houses a year. I mean, you're talking about this is a big company. They have their systems. They're going to buy a thousand houses this year. It's not two. Yeah. And you're saving your sellers from going into contract with a corporation for profit, like Open Door and Alphapad, without representation. Right. Just go to the Better Business Bureau to do some research on how that's turning out for a lot of sellers. Yeah. So, it's a win for the seller because they're getting you representing them. It's a win for you because you remain part of the transaction and you're negotiating four to 5% commissions because if they go on the MLS and there was a co-op commission, you're going to pay five to 7% there. You sell to open door as a seller or offer pad, you can pay up to 15% in service. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. They, there's all these hidden things that happen on there. Right, right. But as a cash offer consultant, you can vet all of their selling options. And then finally, you want to be inconvenienced and get your house show ready. I think this is what the open market would give you. But then again, we have an appraisal over here. Here Right. No buyer, cash buyer, no appraisal. Then we'll do an inspection to protect their investment. But it's it's a system. So if you can get your system. And I think it's just like to know about the program, it's it's another tool in your tool belt. And as an agent, it makes you look like smarter that you have all these different ways, then you can focus on what's best for them. You're exactly right, Jennifer. We need to bring more value to the, to the marketplace. We need to be better. And that's the collaborative nature that I love so much about our national network. If we work together to be better. Awesome. Well, Cheryl, if people um, have an interest in learning more about iBuyers or they have an interest to see if you're looking for agents in their market to help you, what are what is the best way to get a hold of you? If you are an EXP agent, workplace is mm-hmm. a workplace messenger is the best place to work with uh, to to reach out and Facebook. Otherwise, if you are not within the in workplace, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook is uh, a great way to work out. Uh, uh, reach me, and I can certainly share my Calendly link, and we can get on and have a discovery call. Would love That's that. perfect. All right, and to find her, Cheryl is S H 
E-R-Y-L and Hauk is H-O-U-C-K when you're looking on Facebook. And I had to insert my initial, my mental initial because I'm not the only Cheryl Hauk. What? (laughs) You're number one in our eyes, Cheryl. (laughs) Is she a realtor too? No. Too bad. That'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we appreciate you being on and um, sharing your insights. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. It was fun. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.